finish up a series uh, that we've been on called Good News. We've been talking about the fact that the angels, when they appeared, they appeared and they said, listen, uh, we're here to proclaim good news. In fact, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. This good news will cause great joy for all the people. Now, over the last several weeks, we've been looking at really the unfolding of the life and the ministry of Jesus from the time uh, that the angels announced his birth. We've looked at a few different stories. If you haven't been with us, you can always go to our app or you can go to our website and you can download the podcast from the messages. I would strongly encourage you to do that because the truth is it's easy for us at Christmas time. Uh, to, to sing carols and to think about the birth of Jesus. It's actually easy for us to watch videos like that and to feel like, man, if I were there, if I'd been there when Jesus was born, uh, then certainly I would have worshipped him. Certainly I would have followed him. But the truth of history is very simple. Most of the people that Jesus encountered didn't receive him. In fact, most people that he encountered rejected him. That's the reason that we have Easter. That's the reason that Jesus died on the cross is because most people rejected Jesus. They rejected the good news that he was bringing. And as we have been traveling through this series over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the reasons why people reject good news. We've learned that aligning myself with the providential goodness of God will determine my practical experience of joy. Christmas is all about joy. Everywhere you go, there are signs that say joy, joy to the world. People are joyful. Isn't it interesting that people during this time of the year seem to muster up the energy. They find a way to be joyful. And yet we see people struggle all year long really dealing with the lack of joy in their life. What we've learned from scripture is that you and I, you and I, if we will embrace the goodness of God, it gives us the capacity to be people who are joyful even when things don't go our way. Hello? Are you out there? How many of you, now mom, dad, this is your opportunity because this is a family service and and yeah, your kiddos are in here with you, so I'm giving you a chance this morning. How many of you have ever seen someone throw a temper tantrum when they didn't get what they wanted? Mom, come on, mom and dad, this is your chance to throw some shade, as the kids would say. Do they say that? Do they still say that? I turned 47, so I'm like so out of touch with what the kids say. Have you ever, have you ever thrown a temper tantrum when you didn't get what you wanted? Yeah, now there's some honest people. That's good. That's good. Here's the deal, friend. In life, there are times when things are not going to go your way. In fact, in life, there are going to be times when things are absolutely disastrous. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because a lot of times people have, have 
couched Christianity as if it's just this feel-good message that says, oh, everything is wonderful, everything is great. If I follow Jesus, everything is always going to come up flowery and rosy in my life. And the truth is, that's not in the Bible at all. That's the opposite of the message of Scripture. The message of Scripture says, even when times are tough, even when things are bad, even when things don't go the way that you have planned, you can trust God. The story of Mary and Joseph are the story of two people whose lives went completely the wrong direction of what they had planned. And yet they had to trust God in spite of the disaster. See, when you and I learn to embrace the providential goodness of God in spite of our circumstance, that's when we can experience true joy. We've also learned during this series that the gospel is good news because it is about an eternal kingdom. It's not about a kingdom we build on this earth. It's not about things that we get in this earth. Our Christianity, our spirituality cannot be wrapped up in our material things on this earth. Because as long as our spirituality is wrapped up or determined by material things or a kingdom we build on this earth, we're going to be disappointed. Because the kingdoms of this earth will pass away. That's what scripture teaches us. That's what history teaches us. You look throughout history at all of the great kingdoms and civilizations of the world before us, guess what? They all passed away. They all came to an end. Why? Because there is only one eternal kingdom and only one eternal king, and his name is Jesus. See, you and I can experience joy and peace and hope and life. We can embrace the good news when we hear the true gospel of Scripture, not the made-up modern gospel of prosperity, not the made-up modern gospel of the Bless Me Club, not the made-up modern gospel of, of, oh, I just feel good. No, 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 the true gospel that says this, in spite of all we face, Jesus came. He laid down his life because you and I were sinful and we could not save ourselves. And he did for us what we could not do. He shed his blood so that you and I could be free for all eternity in a kingdom that both has come and is coming. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We've learned three things over the last couple of weeks in particular that that gets in the way, or we've learned two, and we're going to learn a third one today. The first one is we've learned defensiveness deafens our ability to hear the good news. Some of us do not hear the good news of Scripture. We do not hear the good news from people in our lives in general because we struggle with defensiveness. Secondly, we've learned that disappointment deafens our ability to hear good news. For many of us, 2022 may have dealt us some disappointment. And so as a result, it's hard for us to be joyful. It's hard for us to sing these songs. It's hard for us to get excited because we're disappointed. Well, the truth is, friend, if we allow our disappointment to eat away at our souls, it can cause us not to embrace everything that God has for us. And then finally, this is what we're going to cover today. Not only does defensiveness deafen our ability and disappointment deafen our ability, but delay deafens our ability to hear good news. I read every week from Luke chapter 2, and I would encourage you, if you haven't done this already, to sit down with your family um, on this Christmas day and, and read from Luke chapter 2, the account of the birth of Christ and, and what went on there at his birth. And as you keep reading in Luke chapter 2, 
there's two people that are talked about in Luke chapter 2 that are uh, completely fascinating to me. And, and the fact that they were included in the Christmas story are so significant. I'm going to read I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter uh, 2, verses 25 to 32. It says this, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord uh, the Lord Christ. And he came in the Spirit, he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, talking about Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation and that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This is how I know North Place is a biblical church. Because just like at North Place, parents walk in with a newborn baby and people come running up to them and say, oh, let me hold the baby. I watch when, new, when parents come with newborn babies, like their eyes get real big. There's a, whole, there's a whole group of you. You're like, you're like wolves. You're just like attacking. And that's exactly what happened. They came into the temple, and there's a, there's a certain ritual that Jewish people uh, perform just a few days after a male child is born, and they were going to the temple to perform that ritual. And here they come in just a few days after, and this total stranger comes up to them and says, let me have the baby. And he grabs the baby, and what we find out about him is that his name is Simeon, and he is this man who has been waiting for the Messiah. Remember, we've been talking about the fact that many people didn't hear the good news. They actually rejected Jesus because they had been waiting for so long and they were dealing with that waiting and that waiting had caused them to be disappointed. That waiting had caused them to become defensive. That delay, that delay had created within their heart the inability to receive the good news. And yet there was this man, Simeon, who was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting. And in his waiting moment, he was ready when the Messiah came. Why do you think he was ready? You read the passage. It struck me so much when I read it. You read the passage. It said it was because he was a man of the Spirit. It said the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, this was pre-day of Pentecost, all you Pentecostal charismatics. This was pre-all of that. This was pre, get, get this, this is some theology, you need to hear this. This was pre-Jesus ascending and the Holy Spirit in becoming a part of us. This was a different dispensation and a season of working of the Spirit. This man was a man of God. He sought God. He was so hungry for God that he was walking, literally. Paul talks about it later, and we as, as post-ascension Christians have the capacity for this in a way that pre-ascension Christians didn't. He was walking in the Spirit. And the Bible says that when he saw Jesus, the Spirit said, that's him, that's him. And he responded by the Spirit. See, I think there's something for us to learn here. When you and I are in seasons of delay, how do we get through it? 
How do we deal with it? How do we not cause that delay to become cancerous in our soul to the point that we can't respond to the goodness of God? Is it possible? Is it possible, friend, that it's simply a matter of you and I being people of the Spirit? Is it, a, is it possible that it's simply a matter of us being people who are walking so closely with the Lord that we recognize that we recognize when his hand is at work? Paul talks about this later on in his letters to the church. He talks about how there's a problem for us as believers when we, when we walk in our flesh and not in the spirit, we have a tendency to respond out of our flesh instead of the spirit. Here's the deal, friend. When you and I are dealing with defensiveness and disappointment and delay, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in our flesh that when the Messiah comes, when he's in front of us, when the moment we've been waiting for is in front of us, instead of responding to it, understanding that it's a gift from God, we respond out of our flesh. Is it possible that your delay, that my delay causes me to not be ready when the Messiah comes. The Bible also talks about another person there in verses 36 to 38. It says this, and there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That's a, that's a polite way of saying she was an old lady. She was advanced in years, having lived, get this, I really want you to hear this. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. So uh, that, that may be a little bit tricky language, but basically she was a very young girl, got married, and her husband lived for seven years. Then he died. Something happened. She lived with her husband for seven years, and then as a widow until she was 84. So it's quite possible. Now don't, don't let this mess with your mind a little bit. But it was quite possible from the time she was about 18 years old until 84. You're hearing me. She got married. She's very young. Probably, don't get too tripped out, probably 12, 13, 11, somewhere in that age range. Got married, had a husband for seven years. He died, and then she lived as a widow until she was 84 years old. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up. At that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here again, we have this woman who had dealt with incredible disappointment in her life, who had dealt with incredible hardship, who had dealt with situations that would have crushed any one of us. She had dealt with things that would have caused her to be defensive. As a widow, she would have been living on her own. She had all of these things going on in her life, and yet the moment, the moment when the Messiah came, she was ready. Here's the thing, friend. When experiencing delay, we overcome doubt by staying connected to the promise. That's what she did. The Bible says that day and night she was in the temple. Day and night she was offering sacrifice. Day and night she was seeking the king. Day and night she was seeking the Messiah. My prayer for you this morning is that joy wouldn't be something that you just experience once a year or maybe twice a year if you count your birthday. 
those of us who it's all rolled together, it can be hard. My prayer for you is that joy isn't something that just comes once a year or that is attached to a holiday. My prayer for you, my prayer for you is that you hear the good news and you understand exactly what it accomplishes in your life. My prayer for you, boys and girls who are here with us in service today, thank you for being in here with us. I know you'd probably much rather be back there in kids' church, but you had me today, so thank you. My prayer for you, boys and girls, is that joy in your life, as wonderful as it is to to celebrate Christmas with your family, uh, to have the wonderful foods and, and the treats that we get around Christmas time and, and, and the gifts and all the, my prayer for you is, as you mature and as you get older is, is that joy in your life wouldn't be, wouldn't be all about presents and it wouldn't be all about the foods that you get to eat, but joy for you would be about knowing that you have a God in heaven who knows you by name. He looked at you, and he chose you. Hear me, boys and girls. He chose you. He's not Santa Claus. He doesn't have a list where he's checking it twice. The truth is, he's not checking to see if you've been naughty or you've been nice. Boys, girls, listen to me. Your God in heaven is not Santa Claus. Your relationship with him has nothing to do with your performance. Your God in heaven knows you and he knows me. And he knows that not a single one of us is perfect. The gifts that he has for you are not based on whether or not you do good in school or you don't do good in school. The gifts that he has for you are not based on your performance. He loves you so much. He looks at you and he calls you by name and he says, I have good gifts for them and I give them because I love them. Boys and girls, my hope and heart for you is that as you grow older, that joy will be settled in your life, that it wouldn't be situational. In other words, it wouldn't be based on your mood. It wouldn't be based on your circumstance. It would be based on your identity in Jesus. You would know, I am a child of God, therefore I have peace. I am a child of God, therefore even when I make mistakes, I am still loved. I am a child of God. Even when my scores are not good on my exams, I am loved. I am chosen. His hand is upon me. Mom and dad, my prayer for you today, men, women, my prayer for you today, is regardless of your circumstance, regardless of how 2022 has gone for you, regardless of whether or not performance has been good, at your work or not, regardless of what's going on in your life, that you would know today that you are loved and that you are chosen. I understand. I too deal with delay. I deal with discouragement, disappointment. I deal with times when things don't work out the way that I hope they would work out. I deal with times when I'm put in situations that make me feel very defensive. But here's what I know. God loves me. And he's chosen me. 
and that I can respond to that gift and have within my spirit a peace and a joy that transcends my circumstance. 